Aloha, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the Uplifting Community. I am so happy to have you here. If you are a regular listener, thank you again for taking the time out of your week every week to listen to the podcast. Our community is growing, and I could not do it without all of you loyal listeners. I would love to hear from you what's resonating with you most about the podcast so I can bring on more like-minded guests. Today's episode is one that I have been looking forward to for a long time. My guest is Eden Carpenter, who is the founder of Intuition Lifestyle. She is a manifestation and human design expert. And on today's pod, we talk about all things human design. If you don't know what human design is... Go right now, press pause, and download your chart for free because this episode will make so much more sense when you have your chart in hand. If you've already downloaded your chart before, just make sure you have it on hand while you're listening to this episode. I have been totally obsessed with human design since I discovered it, and today we get the pleasure of having a crash course in human design with Eden herself. She shares with us what the different parts of the human design chart mean, how to interpret your own chart, and what is made possible through understanding your unique human design. She also shares the different strategies for each design type and how it can be best used to optimize your life and business. I am sure that you are going to find this episode as eye-opening as I did. But before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to the review of the week, which is from Ruth Stern. She says, Just listen to your podcast on the emotional tour, and you are all talking about looking at our behavior and asking what's really going on here. That rang a big bell for me with overeating. And Randy, your reminder of the quality of our life is the quality of our questions. So true. Great insights. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ruth, for that review. And if you want to have a chance to get a shout out on next week's review of the week, all you have to do is go and leave a review on iTunes. Or if you're not listening on iTunes, go and share this episode with your friends on Instagram or on Facebook and just make sure to tag me. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Eden. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, power lifter, and self-love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to up-level your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Eden Carpenter. Eden is the founder of Intuition Lifestyle, which is a spiritual and personal development brand. She is a human design and manifestation expert who has been studying the art of manifestation for six years. She works with women in both private and group coaching programs to leverage their inner magnetism and embody their true purpose. Part of her own unique purpose is to be a mutative force that challenges change and brings new ideas and perspectives to the collective. Her mission is to ground in the belief that you can have it all and that you can do it your own unique way. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, Eden. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. You're so welcome. I'm so excited to talk about human design and all things manifestation. But first, I would love to hear a story from your past that inspired the work that you're doing today you know, with your spiritual and personal development brand. Absolutely. So a fun fact about me, I almost didn't graduate high school. 
Um, it came around to my senior year and I was the student who was always answering questions, who always knew the answers, who was very on top of her studies, but tested horribly, like absolutely failed most tests. And what it had to do with was I was second guessing myself and changing answers. And of course, I didn't know this. I was convinced that tests were just super, super hard and very, very difficult. And I always was like, there were the professors were trying to trick me in some way. So I had a professor come to me after an exam that again, I had almost failed, just barely passed. And she said, can I see you in my office after class? which for an anxious person was probably – that made that class so long. I think that was the longest 50-minute period of my entire life. I'm like freaking out. I'm failing the class. She's going to expel me from the school for something, you know, just convinced that I had done something wrong. So she brings me to her class or to her office after class, and she shows me my Scantron test scores with that like 70-something percent and then the actual test answers. And she says, what is wrong? And I was like, I, I don't know. I'm just over. I don't know what's wrong with me. These tests are just so difficult. And she says, no, of the 23 answers that you missed, 21 of them, you changed from the right answer to the wrong answer. And she says, you're making this harder than it has to be. And it kind of hit me <laughs> that, oh, maybe I do actually know the answers and I'm just telling myself I don't. And I was blown away. So for the next test, she said, I don't want you to study for this at all. I want you to like relax, do some deep breathing, kind of do a short meditation before class. So I looked up, literally Googled meditation for before a test, found one on YouTube, went to the school bathroom and was like sitting there meditating for a couple minutes before going to class. I like sat there, had water and was in the most peaceful Zen place that I've ever been in taking a test. And I aced it. And from that point forward, I was able to take credit recovery program and I was able to graduate on time after failing multiple classes in high school. And so I've gone on from there. Um, I'm not going to say a straight A student. I'm a very good college student currently. I've been studying manifestation and mindset after that moment for about six years now. Um, I got accepted to all three of the nursing programs that I applied to, and I'm currently one of the top students in my nursing program on top of running a spiritual mindset coaching business on the side. So doing a lot of things all at once. And through that journey, I did find human design, but that's really why a lot of what I do is really rooted and grounded in that sentence of you can have it all and you can do it your way. And it's really grounded and centered around the fact that it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it does. You can do things your way. You can be successful your way. And there's no reason that says there's nowhere that it's written in the sky that it says it has to be a certain way. So yeah, that is my little story about how I got into this work. I love that. And I love what you said about it doesn't have to be so hard because I really believe that's true about life is like we make it so much harder than it really needs to be because we're living out of this, these, like what we believe we're supposed to be, right? Like living for other people or those expectations, right? Instead of like grounding and centering in our unique gifts and our unique purpose. Absolutely. Don't even get me started on expectations. I hate that word. Yes. Oh my God. So I would love to know what, like, how did you then get into, you know, find human design and like get into Mm -hmm. it? So from there, I started pouring over psychology books and all of these different like mindset work and reading things like the biology of belief and um, like different books about mindset and neuroscience and how really your, your thoughts shape your reality. And I took psychology classes and all sorts of things, just really, really dove into it. And I came across manifestation and kind of played with the idea and kind of shifted into a more spiritual approach of, okay, it's not just mindset. It's not just science. It can also be more spiritual. It can also be like feeling good and not so analytical. I can kind of stepped out of a masculine energy of where are the answers? What are the answers? And into a more feminine, I can feel good while I'm doing this. It doesn't have to just be about how I think it can be about how I'm feeling as well because you can be in a shitty mood and you can um can we swear on this yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) I was just talking and realized that slipped and okay 
You can be in a shitty mood and you can think a positive thought and it's not going to do a damn thing. It's not just your thoughts. It's the feelings behind the thoughts. So I stepped into a more personal development world. And really, my goal was this underlying drive was, who am I and where am I going in life? So I came across something called human design and me being kind of a personality type junkie at the time was like, ooh, what's my personal, what's my human design? Of course, tell me more about myself. And I read it. I generated my chart. I looked at all of these shapes and all of these lines and numbers and colors. And I was like, ooh, that is too complicated. Exited out the window, went back to scrolling through Instagram. Now, a few weeks later, it was showing up everywhere. Everybody that I was following on Instagram, people in my life, the word design was showing up in conversations that I didn't think that it would show up in. And I was like, okay, the universe is trying to tell me something. I need to actually sit down and figure it out. I am an avid self-learner. I can teach myself most things pretty easily. So I cracked my knuckles, got ready, sat down on my laptop, pulled up my chart on one side, did a split screen, pulled up Google on the other, and just started Googling all of these different things. And I was just trying to figure it out. I just needed to have a grasp of it. So I was going through all of these things and I was looking at these open centers. And if you don't know about human design, you have defined centers, which is a energy that you consistently have. And then an open center, which is an energy that you don't consistently have, but it's an energy that you pick up very easily from others. And so one of the centers is called a G center and it's the center of self the center of self-direction and kind of this, this is who I am. This is what's right for me. And this is where I'm going in life. It's really the center of being able to label yourself, being able to know who you are and have a fixed identity in every single situation and mind's open. And so this whole journey of looking for who am I, where am I going in life is actually a question that I'm never going to be able to answer. And so I was on this website, this blog post about the open centers and why, like what it feels like to have an open G center. And I've never read anything more accurate in my entire life. It basically really, really just gave me permission to stop searching for that one line, that one phrase where the heavens were going to sing and it was going to be like the label of this is who you are. This is your identity. And this is your single purpose in life because as a manifesting generator, it's going to change. I'm going to be interested in different things. But with that open G center, it changes in every situation. I show up in different situations as whatever that situation requires me to be. It's more of a chameleon energy. And so it really just like, I just had this moment where I was sitting there and I was crying at the screen and thinking, oh my God, I don't have to, I don't have to keep looking for this. I don't have to keep trying and I can just like fall back and literally just be myself. And it I was obsessed. I was hooked. <laughs> I was in it. I was like, okay, that was the most accurate and deepest thing that I've ever read in my life. I need to know everything about this. And since then, I learned about my chart really avidly. And then I started, I wanted to learn about other people's charts and I need to kind of like, here's a thing, figure it out. That's how I... That's how I learn is I need something I need to figure out. So I posted on my Instagram that I had kind of just been sharing my personal development and like stories and things about manifestation. I was like, hey, send me your chart information and I'll read your chart for you. Um, within about a month, I had done about 150 chart readings. Oh my God. <laughs> well in nursing school. So this is just on weekends, just doing Wow, <laughs> you are a generator. <laughs> Absolutely, literally doing all of the things all the time. But I went ahead and I'd read a bunch of charts and just the feedback that I was getting of people were like, oh my God, you see me. You're speaking to my soul. I've been trying to figure this out forever. And the way that you talk about it just makes sense. It just resonates. And so people were saying, hey, do you do coaching? Hey, do you do this? Like, can, how can I work with you more. And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Let's do coaching. And then I, I mean, that was only about six months ago and now I run a full coaching business and I have clients and I'm doing group coaching programs and it's just been such a catalyst and it's really, really led me to where I needed to be right now. It was just living by my design. That's so incredible. I love that story. And I mean, that's kind of how I fell into human design was like, I relate to that so much of that feeling so connected to that explanation mm -hmm. of like, Oh, that's why I am this way. Like mm -hmm. never really having that same 
you know, I've taken a lot of personality tests and stuff like that. And while there's certain things that connect with me about each one, it's not like I really felt fully seen like I did with my human design. So can you explain to my listeners who may not know, like what exactly human design is and maybe how it's different from like those other personality tests? Absolutely. So human design is officially titled the science of differentiation. Basically, the theme of it is you are the most you the moment that you were born and you have a personality and you have a design. And so it's a combination of several, several systems. And I can get super into what exactly it is. But basically, it's a picture of your unique energy, your aura and your soul, and basically the most authentic version of you possible. And so when you're looking at this, you have different centers and each center kind of governs a certain type of energy, a certain frequency. And then you have um, channels which connect the different centers. And if you look at them, they're very similar to kind of the chakra system. You have the chakra system, there's astrology in this, there is the tree of life, there is the Kabbalah, um, there is the I Ching with the different gates. So it's all of these different systems really combined into one. And I mean, it looking at it, it's using the time that you were born, the day that you were born in the location, it's basically the energy of the planets and the world when you came into being. And it's saying this is the most you that you can be. And I mean, talking about it, you're like, okay, yeah, right. How is that going to tell me everything about me? But it's been, it's been the most accurate thing that I've ever, ever come across in my ever. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with that. So to give an overview of like the differences between like a generator and I know they're so different, but like, if you can give a synopsis between like, what's the major differences between like a generator, a reflector and a projector? Absolutely. So there are five different major types and the major types just has to do with basically the overall shape of your aura, how you present to people and how you show up, how your energy is received and perceived by other people. So we have generators, generators and manifesting generators, which happen to be a fun little hybrid type. um, Generators and manifesting generators are considered a sacral type. So that means that their sacral center is defined and the sacral center center is the center of life force. It's the center of energy creation, building, and I like to describe them as these are the action portion of the collective. These are the people who are here to do things and to get them done. Their signature is satisfaction. So when they are working happily on something that they love, they are lit up and they gain energy. These are the battery people. They have all of the energy in the world. And so 70% of the population is this energy type, this sacral center beings of people who are here to work, here to build, here to create, here to actually be doing and implementing all of the things that the other types are kind of bringing them to do and guiding them to do. So we have generators who are here to really, if they're living in alignment with themselves, they are responding to other people. So they're waiting for, they're a slightly more feminine energy than some of the other types. So they're waiting for things to happen around them for them to jump into and say yes to. So their strategy is to respond. And that's you. You're a, you're a sacral generator. So you are, I have your chart pulled up. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, for those of you that don't know, I'm a, I'm a generator. And then Eden is a manifesting generator. I am. So you can kind of tell that I have a lot of energy. I'm talking. There's kind of just bubbliness about my voice, just hearing it. There's a lot of energy behind me. So manifesting generators are a hybrid between two types. And I'll talk about manifestors and then I'll talk about manifesting generators. Manifestors are the cutting edge of the collective. These are the people who have this perspective of seeing things differently. And they're here to challenge us to really expand to do things differently, to start movements, to start projects, to start companies. A really good example is Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is a manifester. And if you look at him, he's not a super energetic person, but you don't want to screw with him. (laughs) He does things differently. He does things in his very own unique way. And there's no telling him no, because he sees the potential for acting in a different way. He sees the potential for showing up as a character in different ways. That's very, very unique to him and very different. It has inspired so many people to really step out of that traditional acting role. 
So he's a really good example of a manifester. Now, manifesting generators have this weird hybrid type. And what manifesting generators are here to do is to really break the rules of realistic. So these are the people that have the energy to go, go, go into finished projects, but they also have the energy to start and to initiate them. So it's within them to be both that cutting edge and the collective kind of um, the active portion of the collective. So I like to see new things, jump onto new things, jump into things, initiate things, start things. And the difference between a manifesting generator and a generator is that manifesting generators, what lights them up is going to change often. So they go through phases. They're going to do multitasking, many different things that don't make sense. I mean, for me, I'm in nursing school. I am also running a spiritual-based business online. And so those traditionally don't necessarily go together. And I have multiple different kind of interests and things that don't necessarily go together. But because they're all a part of me, they work. So that's a manifesting generator energy. Then we have projectors. Projectors are considered a non-energy type because they have a little bit less of a, they don't have that sacral center defined. So physically, they have a little bit less energy. These are the people who aren't here to be helping. They're the people who don't have assistance to offer. They have guidance. They have perspective. So because they're able to pick up on that sacral energy, that like work, 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 let's get things done, the kind of hustle energy of the sacral types around them, they see that, they pick that up and they say, okay, we can work smarter. We can do it this way. They see the systems. They see the patterns. They see from kind of a bird's eye perspective because they're not here to be working, 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 doing, 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 jumping from project to project like those sacral types. They're here to be watching more and observing more. And they they tend to be a little bit quieter, a little bit more reserved, a little bit more um, – a, a little quieter, I guess, is a really good term. And this isn't all – of course, you know, you can break down every type. This is very general speaking to each type because I know some projectors that have other motor centers defined, which is a whole nother thing, but they are can be very energetic if if they have certain things in their chart that dictate that. <laughs> but in general, projectors tend to be a little bit more quiet and reserved and kind of having this bird's eye perspective. And you kind of just know that they know a lot. They're very smart individuals. They pick up on a lot of different things. They're able to really guide people. What their purpose here to do is they're here to guide. They're here to guide and to offer that perspective. Then the last type that we have are reflectors. Reflectors are defined by having every single center in their charts fully open. They can have certain lines defined, but they can't have any channels and they won't have any any centers open. Reflectors are very rare. They are less than 1% of the population. And so what they do is basically none of their energy is consistent. They are picking up a lot of the things around them and amplifying it. So if they are around a manifesting generator, they will feel like a manifesting generator because they are fully picking up on all of that manifesting generator energy. If they are around a a projector, they will feel like a projector because they are picking up and reflecting back all of that projector energy. A good way to kind of understand this. Sorry, do you have a question? No, I was going to say, so those are like the type of people who really need to be careful about who they surround themselves with. I mean, we all do, but I think especially (laughs) reflectors, am I correct? Absolutely. Their environment is extremely important. And when I'm coaching reflectors, I, I tell them it's very important for you to be around people who are healthy, to be in an environment where you are healthy. And they're really supposed to be kind of a a judging type person because they can see everything so clearly. So they can pick up everything from one person, everything from another person. They can see, okay, this is bullshit. That's not true. This is really authentic and true. And then they can reflect that back and show it to you. A good way to kind of describe the energy of open and defined centers, since we're on that topic of reflectors is a defined center is kind of like the sun. It's burning. It's consistently burning. It's glowing entirely. It's going, going, going all of the time in a very specific way and specific pattern. The sun shines every day. It I, There's clouds, yes, but that does not mean that the sun is not shining every day. It's still there. It's always there. It's always burning the same brightness, the same kind of energy. Now the moon, the moon doesn't generate energy. It reflects light off of the sun and it changes. It changes. You will see a half moon. You will see a crescent moon. You will see a full moon. So it changes based off of the sun and kind of how it's reflecting the sun. So open centers are very much like a moon. You're going to be reflecting 
that specific sunlight, that specific energy of that center. So if I have an open head center, I will reflect kind of thought and inspiration energy from a defined head center in a specific way, but I will never have it. It will never burn consistently the same way that a defined head center will, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I'm looking at my chart and so I'm curious, how do you know like what are the defined centers and what are the open centers? Anything that is white on the chart is open. And then anything that is colored, doesn't matter what color it is, is open or is defined. Yeah. So you have a defined head and Ajna. You have an open throat center, an open G center, and an open emotional solar plexus. And then you have a defined heart ego center, sacral center, root center, and splenic center. Oh, so interesting. I love this. So, you know, for anyone who's like listening to this, you can go and get your chart for free. And I encourage you to like go download that so that this will all make so much more sense when you're like looking at your chart. So I love that. So what is like a split definition? What does that mean? So you have a split definition. So what that means is down at the bottom of your chart, there's four centers that are connected and defined. Defined means that there is a full channel connected. A channel is made up of two gates. So on yours, you see there's a couple lines like, um, let's go with the root center. On the root center, on the right side of it, you have one line, that red line where it's a half, but it's not a full line. So that's a gate that you have defined. On the other side, on the top line of the left (laughs) of the root, there's a black, yeah, there's a black line. The other half of that is red. The color doesn't matter. That has to do with design versus personality, and that's a whole other layer. But there's a full line of color between that root center and that triangle on the, on the left side, which is your splenic center. So that creates definition. Definition means that there's a way for that energy to travel and communicate with another center. So for you, those two are connected. That um, splenic center is connected to your heart center, that little triangle kind of on the other side. And then there's a little line connecting your um, sacral center to your root center. That's defined. You have definition down there. And then all the way up in your head center, you have two other centers that are defined. So it's defined and it's not connected. So that means that it's not always communicating. So your <laughs> your body doesn't always communicate with your head for you is kind of how that works. You have a pretty fixed way of thinking. You're considered a closed mind because you have a defined head and ajna. So you're able to consistently gain inspiration, get new thought ideas, and kind of understand it and form an opinion on it. And so that's kind of a specific, you're always asking questions, always making an opinion, always asking questions, always searching for the answers, always trying to understand things, but it's in a specific way. You deal with that mental pressure in a very specific way. So it doesn't always communicate with your other centers, which can be a little bit challenging. But since you're around me, (laughs) it does. Um, Actually, all of ours would be, we would be a single definition between us. So that would mean all of our energy communicates very easily. So these people, people with a split definition, which is most of the population or a double split or a triple, uh, no, it would just be split. Yeah, split, double split, triple split, all of the different fun things. You can actually be a quad split too, which is super fun. So you'd have like two centers connected, two other centers connected, but they're not communicating. You'd have like four little groups of connection. What that means is when you're around other people, you pick up on their open gates and their defined gates and channels and centers. You pick up on their energy. And so for me, being a triple split, if I'm struggling to kind of figure out because I'm an emotional authority and that's how I make decisions. You make decisions based off of your sacral, like yes, no answers. Yes, no questions really work for you. So you may try to be understanding something and kind of forming an opinion about it and you're thinking through it in your head. But if you don't get out of your head and get into your body and kind of listen to that yes, no response, that yes, no, that uh uh uh-huh response of your sacral center, you won't be able to make aligned decisions. And once you are able to kind of tap into your body, listen to your body a little bit, you might not understand it. So for me as an emotional authority, I 
have feelings and emotions and they are happening and that's how I'm making decisions and I'm processing things and I cannot tell you for the life of me what I am feeling, what I am processing. <laughs> Someone says, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just processing things. So it means that having any sort of split in your definition just means that that energy doesn't always communicate with each other. But if you're around other people who happen to have gates or channels that connect your definition, you can kind of borrow that energy and pick up on that a little bit more and be able to kind of hear yourself a little bit better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I have been in this mastermind where I feel like because there's just so many different personality types, but also because it's really rooted in connecting Mm -hmm. with your body that it's like for the first time I've been able to do that, which I, I literally have not, I didn't really understand that I had that split that I wasn't connecting my mind and my body, but I can absolutely see that now how it's like, yeah, it is about feeling into my body and my intuition and trying to like, listen to that is definitely been a learning process for me, which now (laughs) I understand why it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So what is a profile? What does that mean on the chart? So the profile, you are also a 6'2". I'm a 6'2". So the profile is kind of just the archetypal role that you're here to play. And it has a lot to do with the karma that you're here to deal with in this particular lifetime. So you have that first number. So for you, that's the 6. And if you look on the column of your personality side, there's a 6 or there's a 0.6 for the first two numbers. So your sun sign and then the one below that. So you have a 54.6 and then a 53.6. So that's where that 6 is coming from. And then on the design side, the red side, that decimal place on those two sides is a 2. So you have a 6-2. That's how your profile is created. So because the six is a bigger number than the two, so the first number is bigger, your karma is interpersonal. The karma that you're here to kind of deal with is not personal. It's not inside of you. It's outside of you. Your life is a lot about dealing with the things around you, healing the relationships around you. And it's not necessarily about the inner work. So of course you're going to have inner work to do, but as soon as I'm also a six too. So that means there's going to be phases in our lives as well. So there's a lot of trial and error for the first 30 years, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think that profiles get a lot of negative overview for having like <laughs> saying you can't be successful until you're 50 or something like that when that's not actually the case. They get misinterpreted a lot. So it's not something you have to do a lot with your profile. It's just something that's there. It's kind of how you show up. So for you with that six, you see yourself, that's a personal side, you see yourself as a role model. You see yourself as somebody who's here to accomplish things, to get them done, and then to help other people get things done. So this means that you're going to do a lot of things pretty quickly or kind of reach that kind of the top, the successful level pretty quickly so that you can help other people do it too. You can be an example for other people. And that seems pretty much, (laughs) that seems to be what you're doing. You've built a very successful business and now you're helping other people do the same. That's that six playing out. The two is called the hermit. And what this means is people see you as somebody who is, this is how other people see you. That second number is how other people see you. This is people see you as somebody who just picks things up very easily, very natural at things, doesn't have to really work super hard and investigate things, but you just kind of pick things up very effortlessly, very easily. And somebody who is probably, you were probably told a lot, you're just natural. You're very talented. That's probably something that you've heard quite a bit from other people. So it's just kind of the archetypal roles of who you, the role that you think you're playing and then the role of how other people kind of see you and think that you're playing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because actually when I found out about my profile, that was the thing about my human design that really like hit me so strong because yeah, like the first 30 years were like just total darkness for me and But once I kind of got past that, it was like everything started to happen really quickly for me. And I found my purpose. And now, like you said, I have been helping others and got to build a six-figure business in under a year, which I still think sometimes to me, I'm caught up in the comparison and feeling like, oh, I'm still just not doing enough, you know, but I do just see how like that to me 
I was like, wow, that makes so much sense and allows me to really forgive myself for a lot of the things I went through in like the first, you know, 30 years of my life. Absolutely. How I really see it is if you have that six or um, it's basically it acts as a three for the first 30 years of your life up until your Saturn return. And so that's called the martyr. And that's so basically you see yourself as the person who can fix everybody else's problems. Oh my God. A hundred percent. That's so crazy that you say that because when I was growing, I mean, when I was growing up, like I, I am the oldest, but growing up, I always felt like I was the one who had to take everything, you know? So I would like take, you know, instead of like my siblings or I was like, I took it and I grew up in a very religious household and did not agree with the religion and was very vocal about that. And I feel like because of that, I really challenged my parents, but I was able to help them shift their views a lot where now my sister, well, now she's my brother. She transitioned and I don't feel like my parents would have been prepared for that if I didn't like go through that hard time earlier with like challenging their views and like really basically being the black sheep for, you know, a while in my life, like the, you know, growing up was a really challenging time for me because I didn't feel like I fit in in with my family, but now we're so close and it's opened up so many other possibilities for my other siblings. Wow. Yeah. That really has a lot to do with that being able to take that, but also because your karma is interpersonal, you are here to break boundaries for other people and heal relationships with other people. So yeah, that's amazing. I really, I really see that six or that three as when you do have that first 30 years as it's basically, you need to get the experience of a lifetime within 30 years. So it feels like a lot of ups and downs, such as because it's a lifetime's worth of experience being condensed into 30 years. And I'm sure you kind of feel that as well with just all of the things that you've just shared. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So what are some of like the other benefits that you see from like really understanding our human design? My favorite thing about human design is the strategies. And I think that it's, it's such a big piece. People hear about it all the time. So there's a specific strategy for each type and it's basically how you interact with the world and it's protecting your energy in a way that like nothing else has ever. <laughs> so for, I can go through them if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for generators and any sacral type, the strategy is to wait to respond. And how I see this is generators have sacral energy. It's magical. If they jump into a project, they're going to be able to get it done. They're going to be able to work on it. They're going to be able to make it actually happen. So they're magnets for ideas and opportunities because ideas want to become physical and they need to flow through a sacral center being in order to become physical. So when a when a generator is waiting to respond, you're waiting for the opportunity to prove to you that it's ready, that it's actually aligned and that it's actually divine timing. So, I mean, you probably get ideas for things all of the time. And then if you jump into an idea before you've really like allowed yourself to feel it out and allowed it to kind of prove that it's ready, you end up getting frustrated because you're working on it and you're doing things and it's like just not happening. It's like crumbling in your hands. So for generators they have this sacral center magic. If they come into a project, it's going to happen. It's going to get done. They're able to work on it until it gets done. And so for a generator, you need to step back and say, okay, this is a great opportunity, but is this worth my time? And is it worthy of my energy? And when you allow yourself to ask those questions and you're waiting a little bit for something to happen for you to respond to, you're waiting for the universe to say, okay, this is where you need to be. And that idea will actually show up for you and the signs will show up for you. So a good example is I just, um, I'm in the middle of a course launch right now. And it's something that I had the idea for several months back. I was like, that'd be a fun course to do, but I didn't jump on it. More recently, I've had somebody, I've had like all of the questions that I've been asking or I've been getting asked have to do with manifestation. Like, oh, can you teach me how to manifest this? Like, how does manifestation work? Things about this. And so it kept showing up for me. And then within about a week, I had three or four people say, you should make a course on this. You should make a course on this. You should make a course on this. And I was like, okay, 
the time is right. (laughs) I can now respond to this because this idea has proven that I know all of the content for it. People are asking me questions and I have the answers for them. So I know what I'm talking about enough to teach about it. And there's people who are willing to pay for it. There's people who are interested in a program like this. So it's aligned there as well. And so now being able to create this and put this together, it's falling together. It's falling together very effortlessly and easily because it's aligned now. So that's that waiting to respond. Projectors need to wait for the invitation. And what this means is projectors have a very kind of pointed aura. And like I mentioned earlier, they don't offer advice or they do offer advice. (laughs) They don't offer assistance. They offer advice. So somebody is struggling. They're not the person who's going to be able to step in and say, here, let me help you. They step in and say, can I offer you some advice? Because they have that bird's eye view. They have the perspective. And when somebody says, can I offer you some advice? It usually, like, if someone says that to me, if I'm struggling on something, I'm going to say, no, I don't want to hear your opinion. Go away. (laughs) It makes people very jaded and very unopen to gaining that advice. So projectors need to wait for the invitation. And what this means is sitting back and recognizing that I have the answers and people will see that I have the answers. They physically do not have the energy to tell everybody and to try and convince everybody that they have the answers. So they need to be recognized for being an expert from the get-go. And how that works is if they wait for the invitation. They wait for somebody else to recognize that they have the answers and they have the guidance and then to ask them for it. So waiting to be invited, like, hey, I'm struggling on this. I see you have the instruction manual. Can you help me? And then they can say yes. Then their opinions and their perspectives are invited in and they will be taken and the projector will feel recognized and seen the entire process. Manifest. I love that. Yeah, it's – and it <laughs> – It bothers me because, again, it's very misinterpreted of, oh, I can't start anything. I can't, you know, I can't do this. It feels very limited. People feel limited by these strategies, but it's it's to protect your energy. It's to protect you from wasting your energy so that you can show up in a way that's very authentic to you and that makes sense to you and that lights you up. It's not supposed to be damning or anything like that. But, yeah, it gets very misinterpreted and I hate it. Yeah, it's more, you can still be, especially for the projectors, like I would see as placing yourself as an expert, you still should be doing things, but you don't need to be actively reaching out to people and saying, hey, I can help you. Like they're going to see and be coming to you. Exactly. Exactly. A really good example of a projector, um, um, Chris Jenner is a projector. And if you ever watch the show, I've only ever watched a couple episodes and I watched them specifically to watch this. But if you watch her interact with the kids and if she's trying to tell them what to do, giving that unsolicited advice, it's not received well. They brush her off. They say, you don't know what you're talking about. You're going crazy. It's very not received well, but she's a very good manager. She knows what she is doing. And so when, when her kids are, you know, asking her for advice it's received well. She's able to give the advice and it's able to be received and accepted and understood and implemented. So that's a really fun projector to watch. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love knowing different people's profiles because they're like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You can see it a little bit. It's really fun. So manifestors. Manifestors are here to initiate and to inform. And it's this informing portion that really, really gets them. And manifesting generators have to do both of these strategies. This is a lot of people say they just need to respond. And as a manifesting generator myself, if I'm not informing people, shit hits the fan. It doesn't go well. (laughs) So manifestors need to be. And what do you mean inform? Like, do you mean just like giving the advice? Is is that what that means? Or I will tell you exactly what I mean. Oh, awesome. (laughs) I love it. So what it means is they are the people who, like I said, they're the cutting edge of the collective. They see things in a new way. They see the potential for things. And a good explanation is if the collective is all kind of in a valley, the manifester is the kid who's going to go, who's like every cell in their body is saying, hey, let's go climb that mountain and see what's on the other side. So they're going to go climb the mountain and see what's on the other side. They see that thing. They see the potential for the future. And so they need to be informing other people of, hey, I'm going to go climb this mountain. (laughs) I need to go climb this mountain because everything in me is telling me to do so. It doesn't always make sense. And that 
kind of irritates them. And so a conditioned kind of habit that they get is these are the people who get angry. The world doesn't see me. They don't see things my way. They're very like jaded against, I can't tell them about this because then they'll try and talk me out of it. That would be some of the conditioning and kind of not self that shows up for a manifester. So if a manifester is showing up and they're saying, hey, and they're very unapologetic, that's a really key word for them. Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. I know it doesn't make sense. It'd be awesome if you supported me in this. Because that is opening up the invitation for projectors to say, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Can I offer you some advice in a productive way? So that's opening up the invitation. And it's also opening up a, it's an initiating something for a response for those generators. So if a manifester says, hey, I'm going to go climb this mountain, generator can say, oh my gosh, can I come? Let me help you with that. I can bring all the gear. We can share this. I can help with this. And so it's opening up for the manifester to be supported by a team around them. And so it really allows the manifester to take that leadership role and to be supported by the people around them, to be guided by those projectors. <laughs> to, so the projector can say, hey, so I know you want to do that, but because I've been tracking the weather, we should wait three days until after the storm or whatever it is. They can be guided a little bit and so they can do it in a way that's actually productive and they can gain the assistance from the people who are generators and manifesting generators who want to help and assist and create something new and go on that adventure with them. And so it's really important for them to be informing other people. That's a really key thing is that you're not asking for permission. You're saying, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Do you want to come with me? Do you want to know where I am just in case you don't freak out so you're not thinking I'm missing? You know, just really informing other people of what they're planning to do and their vision and allowing themselves to be supported. I love that. And then you have reflectors. (laughs) The strategy for reflectors is to wait 28 days. And that seems like a ridiculous amount of time, but it allows them to really feel how they're going to feel about a decision and how they're going to feel about a situation under every single influence possible. They're a lunar type. So they're picking up of on the energy of all of the different people around them and what we call the transits. So basically on of the cosmic energy of what's happening in the world right now. So they show up very inconsistently in different ways. And so if they wait 28 days, they can really feel like, okay, this was a consistent feeling for me over the past 28 days. I've really felt into this. I've really been able to test the situation. I can really sense what's right here and what's wrong here. So for them, just waiting and kind of allowing themselves to be exposed to the different environments is going to really help them. Mm. So how what what if somebody has like a decision that they have to make quickly? Do you do you recommend for a reflector that they don't make decisions quickly? I mean, what if it's like a job or like some some sort of opportunity that comes up for them? For reflectors specifically, I recommend that they surround themselves with other people so that they can kind of borrow those different authorities and energies. And again, it's not asking for permission. It's not um, asking other people to for their opinions on the topic, but allowing other people to kind of like sounding board, using them as a sounding board to talk to other people, expose themselves to other people, but to not feel rushed. Because for reflectors, they should never feel rushed because if anybody rushes into a decision that's not aligned for them, it's not going to be fun for them or for anyone who's involved. So like you mentioned, a job offer, if somebody gets a job offer that's across the country and they say yes to it when really it's not aligned and then they have to back out in three months, that has put the company behind and in a weird situation where they're going to have to find somebody new and they're going to have to go through all of that again. They already wasted time and money with that training. Then the employee who is leaving, they moved across the country and they jumped into something that wasn't aligned for them. So people really respect aligned decisions and that's where authorities come in. Those inner authorities are that's the center that's kind of in charge of making aligned decisions for you. Mm, Okay. That makes so much sense. Thank you. I mean, I could talk to you about this all day, but you know, I, we got to wrap it up. So before I ask my final question, is there any other things or questions you wish I would have asked or anything that you feel like maybe we left out from the human design that is important for my listeners to know? Um, Knowing your type, strategy, and authority would be the first place that I would start since I know we talked a lot about different things, but those are, in my opinion, the three most important things to kind of understand. And then, yeah, that's really all I would have other, yeah, that would really be it. (laughs) 
think we covered a lot. Awesome. And so if they want to learn more about, you know, their specific chart, do you do readings or what is your, how can they, how can they get in contact with you? So you can either generate your own human design chart or you can reach out to me. If you have very specific questions, um, I am open in my inbox. People can ask me questions. I am at intuition lifestyle on Instagram or intuitionlifestyle at gmail.com. If you just wanted to send me a quick question, you had something very specific that you were trying to figure out. I like answering those questions. If you want a full reading, my website is intuitionlifestyle.com. And that is a place where you can find me. You can get in contact with me. And I offer a variety of different readings that are very um, like aimed towards specific things. So I do a manifesting by design profile. So I talk about like how you specifically manifest and the things in your chart that allow you to communicate with the universe and manifest in a very specific way. And then I do a living in your purpose or a business by design or two other readings that I do. I also do basics readings. And then if you want to just kind of self-learn about it, I did just release a self-paced course. So all of this can be found on intuitionlifestyle.com. Amazing. I actually, I feel like I want to get one of those readings from you. So that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So my final question that I ask all of my guests is related to, you know, taking action because, you know, I love talking about all the things and it's so much fun, but if we actually want to get meaningful, probably this is the generator in me, right? Like I believe we have to take action. So what are three action steps that you would give to my listeners to live more uplifted lives today? To live a more uplifted life. um, I would go to jovianarchive.com or just Google search human design chart, generate your own specific chart and try and start figuring it out. Just figuring out those three things of your type, your strategy, and your authority. I think that when you start living by your design and you start living in alignment with yourself and you really get a good picture of who you are, you're able to live a life that is uplifted, live a life that feels good and that feels good for not just you, but for the people around you and to really step into alignment with your your authenticity, your ability to serve other people. And then of course, abundance as a byproduct of just really being yourself fully and authentically. I love it. That's so great. So where can everyone find you? I mean, I know you said your Instagram, your website, is there anywhere else that you hang out? Um, I hang out on Facebook sometimes, but I'm not super active there. So really just Instagram and then my website would be the best places to get in touch with me. Awesome. We will, I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing such incredible information and explaining the human design so well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes. And until next time, stay uplifted.